Welcome to Aw Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> wow, I love the guitars. <laughs> and we're still talking Darkness Calls. This is part two, yeah, baby. Uh, exciting stuff to get to, but before we can do that, we got a little segment in here for y'all. It's Hell at the Cinema. <laughs> Remember those? <laughs> <laughs> Segments? <laughs> Segments and cinemas. Cinemas, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right now would be a weird... It's, you probably are all wondering, like, why? how could he be bringing up movies and Hellboy? One, uh, <laughs> no movie theaters are really open. AMC wants to open, but even Dan Slott, a comic book writer, was like, I'm not coming if, I, if you don't require masks. Yeah. I guess there's no way, like, how are they going to enforce it? They're going to, like, watch people throughout the movie, like... Yeah. It's... Yeah. People aren't doing it just out in the world. Yeah, it's it's complicated, because... They're not going to do it in the dark. Yeah, they're going to take that mask right off. Couple... How else are they going to make out? Yeah, I, was, I literally <laughs> was going to make the same joke. I was like, teens are just going to sneak in, take their masks off, and start freaking sucking face. (laughs) Either teach kids about responsible sex (laughs) or don't open the movie theater. U.S. government doesn't like talking about responsible sex. (laughs) It's like, figure it out for your own. Because if we talk about it, it, if you talk about it and you educate it, it just means they'll do more of it. Shut up. (laughs) They're in theaters with no masks, just Frenchin. Frenchin. Yeah, teach them about Frenchin. Teach them about Frenchin 101. Come on. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, and then you're also probably. What's this segment? (laughs) What is this segment? (laughs) Teen Angst. Where are we? Brought to you by Kate and MDC. (laughs) (laughs) But the re. And then you're probably also wondering, as listeners, like, how are they talking about cinema? There's no news, uh, new news about Hellboy. Movies, there's no news about Hellboy possible TV show or anything animated. Why would you have this segment? Well, it's because I guess somebody talked to Ron Perlman again about the 20 the 2019 movie. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So this comes from CBR.com, other publications that publish the same thing. Um, this is it says Hellboy. Ron Perlman says he declined offer to appear in the reboot. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you said it immediately as I we I just mentioned this what we're going to talk about and you just said, "Kate, that would have been weird." Yeah. <laughs> People would have been like even more bummed out. Yes. Be like, "If you're here, just be him." Like people love his version of Hellboy. Yeah, so. and it is the it is the best version that we currently have in live yeah. action cinema. So it's like I think if there had been a third, for example, if they had actually him and Guillermo made a third movie and then they did a reboot a couple of years later, disgruntled or not, if he would have uh, audiences or whatever, if he had appeared in that at that point, I think it would have been fine because he would have had like a complete completed like thing with Guillermo. It would have been like a fun cameo to like have him be another character and maybe like look at Hellboy and have like a little recognition. Like he could have here's what he could play his own father. He could play like the demon that is <laughs> Hellboy's father. That's the only 
like situation in my mind. And I'm I just, love I love Ron Perlman, but no way in hell is he a Trevor Broom. <laughs> no, 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 not Trevor oh, Broom. You mean his, his devil? Father. His devil father. Yeah. Great, the ca- devil okay. who had Great sex casting. with a witch. Great casting. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, not Broom. No. Okay, thank God. Um, but. That is great. If he casting. shrinks down to like small. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the only way it could. It would make any sense to me to like recast Hellboy and still have him, Ron Perlman in the movie. I like that. That's a good idea. That's a good pitch. I kept thinking. Did you ever see the movie Maverick back in the day? Maverick. Yeah. No. It's Ma- who, is it's, that- okay. It's Mel Gibson. You know that problematic man. And uh, there's a part. Just straight up anti-Semite <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Maverick movie. It is a fun movie. I'll admit. I think it is a fun movie. Uh, but there's a moment where him and Danny, uh, Danny Glover cross paths in a different movie that's not Lethal Weapon, of course. And they stop and give each other like a, a weird like we recognize each other look. And I think that's a fun. That's so funny. Yeah, it's a funny movie. Because those movies were so popular. They made so many. Yeah. Is it like, is Maverick like a straight up comedy? Yeah, it's like a Western comedy about con artists. Okay. And I actually, I know he's problematic. It sucks. It sucks when people like him suck, but there's still material that's worth Yeah, there's a, a lot of good watch. movies that he's in. I mean, fucking road warrior and stuff. Yeah. Like, I will forever, I will forever love the Lethal Weapon movies. And yeah. not just because of him, because I think Danny Glover's fucking awesome in him. And yeah. uh, at least the th- the first three, the fourth one's a little, uh, it's like, I quit, you know this. Lethal Weapon is like, this guy shouldn't be a cop. Yeah, it shouldn't too. be a cop at all. I mean, it's the problem why we have bad cops is because of movies like Lethal Weapon. <laughs> They're all bad. They all want to be fucking uh, crazy. Danny Glover's bad. <laughs> no, Danny Glover's a bad great. cop. Yeah, he's great. He's a great actor. I lo- portraying yeah. a cop who is inherently bad as part of the system. Well, okay, that's more. That's more Mel than Danny. Yeah. But yeah, so back to the subject that really at hand <laughs> is that Ron Perlman was. Apparently, what they was asked about being offered a like a a part or a role, maybe a cameo, I don't know, in the reboot of Hellboy, um, and this is what he had to say: the reboot was something I had the opportunity to participate in, and decided the only version of Hellboy. I'm interested in is the one I do with Guillermo. And so in walking away from it, I truly walked away from it and haven't seen it or heard much about it. The only thing that's stopping the third Hellboy film is the fact that Guillermo del Toro is one of the busiest guys in the business. He couldn't do it with all the stuff he's got lined up if he, even if he wanted to. And then he added, I wish them well, but it was not in my Balawick. I don't know that word. B A I. L-I-W-I-C-K. Balawick. It's a fucking funny word to say from Ron Perl. One's sphere of operations or a particular area of interest. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> That's that. I had to Google it. You, I've never heard that you read word before perfectly in my life. like it was a like the actual like an app, like a like uh like uh Siri reading it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey google what the fuck is this word (laughs) um i just it's funny that this is still like something being talked about it feels like we should all move beyond the 2019 hellboy (laughs) yeah the best thing i got out of 2019 hellboy is learning balawick as a word there you go (laughs) it's good um i'll never use it it sounds like it would never come out of my mouth smoothly (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of believe that Ron Perlman says it, but that's it. Yeah. His like rough voice. Balawick. Yeah. Not my Balawick. What? I would say the reason I sort of had an agenda and 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 actually adding this to this episode as well is that particularly these next two issues and going forward a lot in the storylines that we're we're going to be tackling in the the main Hellboy storyline, I think we're directly taken an an attempted an adaptation to the last 2019 movie. Yeah, and I will at least talk about that. What I think the book accomplished and what the movie did badly just because it's right there it will be part of the page so it's just like a warning that i'm gonna like at least two moments in this these next two chapters i'm gonna reference this 2019 movie because i think they what i consider big time missed opportunities because from what i consider wonderful source material yeah so that's it just a little, yeah. na- you know, a little nagging Dave going to be coming out in a moment. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can see like all just reading the beginnings. I'm like, this is already like, it's just cooler. It's, but it's hard. Like they, it is all over the place because Hellboy's literally in this other dimension. I mean, we'll get to it when we talk about the comic, but yeah, it's hard to replicate that pace in a movie. You do have to change it and simplify it and really parse it down. You can't. Like, it's weird to, I mean, you don't want to do another origin story for Hellboy because the Del Toro movies were already so popular. But to jump from the origin story talking about Rasputin to this far down the line seems like a weird choice to me. Like, I, I don't know. I guess they wanted to get to this big climactic thing, which I'm sure that this comic is going to ramp up towards. But like, there are. I don't I don't know. There's like middle stepping stones, I think, especially like they thought they were going to get a fucking sequel with the, all <laughs> yeah. the after credit things like, I don't know, save the end of the world for the second or third one or whatever you're like imagining in your head for this movie. Yeah. If you're a movie executive making this shit. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think they did. They did the thing where and they even did it worse than this because the X-Men franchise did this as well. Where like they tried to re- reset everything with first class, then they got yeah. so over eager they decided to be impatient and jump, and they just it became sloppy. Like Day of the Future Past, Apocalypse, and so forth. It just became yeah. sloppy because they were just like, well, let's just let's, let's just go for it. And they did this to the the extreme degree that you're talking about, Kate. And as we, I, I, you brought up a great point because as I was rereading it before we recorded, I was like, yeah. Jumping into this alternate Russian folklore universe is great, but man, you can't do that quickly. We've had three storylines, Hellboy leaving and going on a crazy journey through a bunch of smaller stories, learning about his past and the world we live in that set us up to be like, oh yeah, cool. I'm uh, My brain can handle this. Yeah. So it's like the, the idea that, as you said, the execs and the writers and that for that movie were just like, yeah, that'd be fine. Let's just, just do it all. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, good luck. <laughs> good luck, buddy. It just make, it's makes no sense. Like, it's such a muddled mess if you if you don't have these other things leading up to it. It's, it's got to just be paced better. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll say this once and we can get 
this one last thing and then we can get into the well the the best of it meaning the the pages this almost feels like which people have always talked about it be like oh yeah if you really want to do especially this sort of storytelling that they they're laying out it's almost it needs to be like a mini series or a tv show because you could have two episodes where it's just like yeah the tone's going to shift for a moment yeah for two episodes or or so that are going to be like we're just in this alternate russian world but because it's we know it's just for two episodes it just feels like a unique turn for a bit yeah that's all we don't have to be that sad about it because we're about to read some I great wish, stuff i wish we were movie executives <laughs> i know right making decisions oh yeah i know right <laughs> it's probably like it's there's probably some degree of difficulty to it right i don't know 100 percent. i mean it's all capital <laughs> it's all capitalism <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta just be like what's gonna sell the most fucking McDonald's cups or whatever the fuck like <laughs> did Hellboy I can't remember it's not about making a good movie for like most of these people like yeah you know did Hellboy have did like Hellboy a, a deal with a, like a fast food restaurant when it came out I don't it I can't remember I don't think so I I, I wonder uh, if the original any of the so. Guillermo's did if they I feel like they might have I wonder if they did like a 7-Eleven or something that's very funny Probably. I mean, there must have been like some cross promotion. Yeah. Well, with some other company, like, I don't know. If anybody out there that's listening and knows and you can remind us, send us some uh, cross promotion images because those are those are always really funny. I feel like the first Guillermo del Toro had to have something. One, it must have. Something. Yeah, like you said, a 7-Eleven cup or something. <laughs> or Burger King. I used to have King. 7-Eleven cups for like everything. Nice. I loved them. I thought they were cool. <laughs> I had all the Simpsons ones and talk about X-Men. I had like X-Men ones. Nice. The Simpsons ones yeah. was when Burns, I remember that didn't when Who Shot Monty Burns like Oh, those That was a I whole 7-Eleven think... thing too, right? Yeah. That was... I don't totally remember then. I think there was like, they had a lot of like product tie-ins and shit. Like beyond like Butterfinger and like, yeah, like there were always toys that every fat, like Simpsons is like really fucking toy heavy. For sure. I got to stop looking up Hellboy stuff because I feel like I'm spoiling shit for myself. Stop. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All okay, right. Okay. Well, let's uh, yeah. you take over, Kay. Let's get into this great these two cool. chapters, three and four. Yeah, I'll reiterate that uh, it's written by Mike Mignola and illustrated by Duncan Figueredo with Mike Mignola doing the covers. And you said something at the end or something. Yeah, there he, like, will be an epilogue then? that he will return as artist. I um, cool. we'll, we'll when we get to that, which most likely will be in the next episode. We'll talk about that when that was added on and that stuff when we get there. Nice. Uh, colored by the great Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley. Boo. Boo. Yeah. And we published have to boo in every 2007. Time now. <laughs> yeah. From now on going forward. We're starting from, sorry, I'm skipping back to in my Hoopla, HooplaDigital.com. Our, our okay. unspoken sponsor. Yeah. Meaning they've never okay, spoken so- to us. <laughs> <laughs> they never spoke to us and they never will. I don't know how they make money. Okay. So at the end of chapter two, Hellboy was facing that huge undead army on that frozen Russian fantasy tundra. Ooh. And then chapter three kind of cuts away to that, goes back to this uh, congregation of witches in this church talking about, well, 
all of our like queens are dead. All of our like strong, powerful witches are gone. So who do we make queen? Graugok shows up and he's like, you know who you got to make queen. You know. And everybody's like, no, not her. Come on, not her. And they're like, you got to do it. Graugok's like, you got to do it. If you want to be powerful again, you you have to. I love how he draws Graugok. I, I love this like heavy bottom lip that he gives him yeah. and like spittle like flying out of his mouth all the time. Like, I think he looks really cool. <laughs> I love um, Graugok. And I just will reiterate, yeah. I love how small he is. Yeah, yeah, he's like, uh, all the witches are like crouched over and he's like just like maybe like a head above them fully standing up. Yeah. Uh, so he's like a little short guy in this at this point. Um, <laughs> and then it cuts back to Hellboy facing this undead army. They're like, we need your eyeball, Baba Yaga told us. And it's cool, Hellboy charges into this crowd of skeletal warriors and just starts like smashing and kicking. <laughs> you get to see like Figredo really having fun with like fight action poses and stuff like that. I really love this kick where he's kicking off a skeleton's like head and some of his neck and spine. It's uh, one of my absolute favorite shots of the entire really Figredo. Cool. I, I think when I was reading it, Back before we went into the quarantine episodes, I took a screenshot of it on my iPad because it just, everything's perfect about it, but I particularly love his, I feel like uh, Mignola has, is the definitive Hellboy, but we the feature that has really been like hidden or not really featured is his hooves, even though they're there. Yeah. yeah. And I love Fogredo just leans into it for this action, and I love seeing his hooves here. I love that we get to see his yeah. boots are designed for his hooves. Yeah, there's like space for the toe to come out. And it's like, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I feel like uh, Mignolo will often do them in silhouette or something. Mm -hmm. Or they'll be like really small. Um, like more of a, I guess like, if you're like looking at like the design of a devil where it has like little cloven goat hooves or something. They're like, they're really small. Yeah. They're like, this, they taper down. To his leg, and this kind of has, like, a cool balance of, like, the human and, like, devilish kind of foot. Yeah. It's more substantial. It's like, yeah, and he's just bringing them to the forefront. I feel like Mignola does a lot of, like, top-heavy stuff. Like, he really makes Hellboy's top of his body like a gorilla. Like, he draws mm -hmm. Hellboy like a gorilla most of the time, basically. And it's cool to see, yeah, Hellboy like kicking. You don't see him kick that yeah. much. And it's, lo I love it. It looks like, God, that's like getting kicked by a human. And uh, uh, like, I keep thinking, I, I know it's more go goat like his hooves, but like, it's like, damn, I imagine being kicked by a horse as well yeah. when I think of Hellboy kicking you. It would fucking hurt. <laughs> he kicked his head right off. He kicked it and his helmet's flying back. Yeah. <laughs> Again, he does this cool rendering of the metal where it looks like pockmarked and like hammered by hand. Uh, like the helmet's really ancient. It gives it like a really old feel. And like the axes and all the all the all the like metal work here looks like hand hammered, you know, uh, which is like so cool get some flying like jawbones and cool <laughs> shit he's like really holding his own he's he this was a big ass mistake <laughs> and he's 
crunching bones and like sending them flying. Stupid goddamn skeleton army bastards. I'll show you what. And then he gets overwhelmed and. He's like crawling out of the scuffle like a Looney Tune almost. Yeah, it's like, such a fun it's comedic like fun. moment. <laughs> totally. They're like smashing and he's like sneaking out. Uh, and then he bolts running away into the woods. We see Baba Yaga sort of like overseeing it from wherever she is, from, you know, from distantly far away. She's looking into the eye of one of her skulls. Yeah. Um, and I like that we return to this motif with showing her how she... Cons- yes. is all con- her her and her space is all consuming of the page and right. then it's it, panels it's that are frame. above i love that really fun really fun and still like still so clear you know you get to have this like glowing skull at the top and yeah yeah like she's controlling everything it's a nice way to convey that even more just to like really emphasize it with how the page is laid out. He's good. Yeah. He's cool it's as shit. really good. <laughs> yeah. This is my world. She's saying as she's like totally surrounding him. Um, but then the next page shows up a bunch of huge wolves. And at first I was like, Oh no wolves too. <laughs> but the wolves start ripping apart the army. They drive him back. Baba Yaga's sad. He Hellboy runs uh, uh, one of this like gargantuan white wolves takes Hellboy deeper into the forest and uh, where he talks to uh, Lashi. Lashi, yeah, it's a it's a definitely a real Russian folklore, but it's I think the traditional yeah. name is spelled with a Y, so that's like a little yeah. small uh, small detail. I like that like they like respect it by going like we're doing our own by spelling it a little differently, but also it's like, Hey, if you're interested, go look up the real folklore. It's very cool. It's awesome. Yeah. She is a shape-shifting pagan God. Oh wait, I'm reading the fucking supernatural wiki. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) You're like the, for the TV Uh, show supernatural. I was like in season five of supernatural. Um, Yeah, but it's also an actual Russian folktale, a spirit that rules over the forest and hunting. Uh, which is cool. And he like, as he's talking, Hellboy like transforms into this cool, like bear goat kind of looking thing. Yeah. It's so cool. Like, yeah, he's, he's very cool looking. Um, and he's like, you can stay in my forest for one night because I think it's funny that Bobby Yaga doesn't like you. It's, uh, <laughs> it's cool to me. So stay here. Don't, don't chop down any of the trees for your fire. Only use sticks from the ground because I guard everything here. If you don't do that, I'm going to be pissed. So he gets to stay in Leshy's woods for the night as the army stands out in the cold and like the field. And by the uh, way, I love Leshy. I love that we meet Leshy so briefly, but we have such fun personality immediately. Particularly, yes. I love that Hellboy's like, great. You wouldn't believe in the crap I've been. And he immediately is like, hmm, you're, you bore me already. Oh, he just that's when he transforms. Like, I'm out of yeah, here. Yeah, immediately. Like, he's oh, like, listen, I'm, it's less about you and more about me being mad at Baba Yaga. So don't even bother talking to me. Uh, he's got like this cool face to like his human form. Have you heard like of the Sami people? They're like a Nordic, I like haven't. North Swedish. They're like um, the movie Frozen got a lot of like uh, got like a little bit of grief because they basically like stole a lot of aesthetic from this like group of they're like an indigenous people from like way, way, way north okay. around there. And like if you like Google them. 
their like their faces are kind of like resembling this deity that's in here like just like the way that his like he's got like this like sort of like a broader nose and like almond shaped eyes like really like cool looking I I don't know I guess I I sound like weird talking about like whatever but he looks like yeah he, he looks like this uh uh, like group of people who live up way far north, which I think is a cool detail. It's not like expressly said though, so maybe it's. But I love I that know. you can pick up on that that subtle inspiration or like uh, a lift. I and, would uh, bet that I would bet that it's that that it's like like as they're like see like researching like all these northern deities and northern people. That's like. Must have been a part of it. For sure. And then, uh, yeah, so the, the skeletal army is waiting outside the forest for Hellboy to emerge. And then Leshy's like, yeah, the uh, Baba Yaga fucked up. I'm going to bury this army in snow because she's just, she's got to be kidding me with bringing this army into my woods. <laughs> so he covers them in snow. The wolf wakes Hellboy up in the morning. He runs out and sees that the army is totally destroyed. Then we see Baba Yaga flying in her... Uh, with her mortar and pestle towards something. We don't know where you're like, I don't know where she's going at first. Uh, She's heading towards this like huge castle with these cool like spires and like the Russian, like what are, I don't know what they're called. I don't either. Those, those, you know what I'm saying? Like you see any image of Moscow, you see that sort of design uh, of the buildings. I am, terrible i don't know that architecture or what it's called yeah i don't know either but it's you know it looks like a cool russian palace uh we'll let we'll let professor pit away or somebody else tell us <laughs> i mean i could google it but you know here we are uh so she comes to this palace it's like huge giant like just enormous it's enormous and she flies in and calls for uh koshai i don't koshai is that how you say it i i feel like i need koshai because it was Rush, Rush, I keep trying to do it in a dumb Russian accent. Koshche? Koshche? Can't wait. To, somebody's going to tell us how to do it, right? Please tell us so we <laughs> can stop doing this. Thank God you could call him the Deathless soon because that's who you find You find out he is. She, uh, have, anyway, like, Baba Yaga flies in here, calls for him. Uh, I need something. And he's like, this cool guy who's just hanging out on this giant throne with a two-headed eagle behind him and he's like covered in these great cobwebs i really like how um figredo draws cobwebs too it's like these clusters yeah of uh thick like thick thick cobwebs she's like yeah you gotta help me get hellboy and he's like i don't she, he's like why should i she's like because you love me and he's like yeah that's long past i'm done with that she's like what do i get the great kosh koshi huh what do i get you and he's like you know what to give me and she's like i'll give you death so this is this isn't my first gripe about uh, in comparison to the how great the book dialogue is and then the movie's yeah. attempt to do it and they just botched the shit out of it so the, if you remember we didn't sit around for this but we watched it afterwards the little like the second post credits scene I guess or the true yeah. there's a scene where Bobby Yaga talks to Kostya off, off screen the deathless the, the way that dog, the, the dialogue is written in the movie sounds like he doesn't know what he wants it's very weirdly written where she's like I'll give you what you want and he's like what do I want and he's like 
to die. And it's like, wait, why why didn't he know what he what his want was? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like you read this dialogue and it's so good and clear yeah. that he's like he's more like you know. He knows exactly yeah. what he wants. He wants it so bad that other people know. Yeah, it's like you know and I want know. you to say it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. and uh, frustrating, but this book is so yeah. fucking good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, it's cool to see like I think, um, you know, Mignola must have been burnt out on drawing this stuff because I feel like he's having a lot of fun writing. You know, it feels like he's. I think you're right. Cochet. Cochet. I just did a pronunciation thing. Cochet. Cool. Cochet. You can hear that? Cochet. Yeah, I can hear it. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like, he wants death. And she's like, bring me Hellboy's head. You can have it. Meanwhile, Hellboy's like walking through this storm. He comes upon a house. It looks pretty much abandoned. We have more of those cool cobwebs everywhere. We see like in the stove is a little pair of eyes. (laughs) And then Hellboy's in there for a minute and things start flying at him. Like the plates start crashing on him. He's like, quit it. Looks down, (laughs) sees the eyes, opens up the stove and is like, "Uh, you did all that? Not very friendly. My house. (laughs) Like... uh, (laughs) This little, like, soot-covered, like, um, ash-covered guy. This cool... He's very cute. I like him a lot. <laughs> I love that he is constantly, like, squatting. That's, like, a feature yeah. about him, I think. I want, like, I'm always like, I wonder how tall he is if he stood up, but he's just gonna squat the whole time. He's, like, hiding <laughs> in... Yeah, it's really cool. He's like, uh, you're the Damovoy. Damovoy? Damovoy. Something like that. You're the Russian house spirit, usually the spirit of an ancestor who looks after the welfare of a family. So, yeah, he's in here and he's like, this is my house. And the family's gone. And Hellboy's like, uh, he's like, I know who you are. Baba Yaga wants your eye. He's like, yeah, you want to come out here and try to collect on that? And he just like sits there and does nothing. All right, then. That's, again, like the perfection of when they can find humor in all this insanity that is Hellboy. Yeah. I love yeah. that quiet panel of him just like, no, like without him having to say yeah. anything, he's just no. like, you're not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah, right. You're a little guy in a stove. <laughs> all right, then. Why don't you come out of here so I can light a fire? And then in the next panel, you see a blazing fire. And then uh, the um, Dumavoy is sitting on top of the stove smoking a cigar that Hellboy must have given him, yeah. which is so funny. <laughs> it's great. It's like, okay, so we'll just hang out and talk. It's great. And it's just a perfect use of passage of time. Yeah. Like, again, it, I, I mentioned the last episode, but it's very cinematic. It's like he mentions a light of fire, and then you just cut to the fire raging. So you're immediately, yeah. our brains just go, oh, passage of time. And the simplest visual is. Yeah, by flipping the page, too, like by having it separated by a page, it's like it's like a movie cut. Yeah. Really cool. Like, just so thoughtful, you know, it's, I got to look up everything about Figredo. I want to, like, see where he went to school and shit. Like, this is, like, You should do a really, book report for fun. us. I think I will, because I really love it. I mean, it's just really great. And then uh, Hellboy's, like, in the middle of a story, too. He's telling, he's, like, filling in the Domovoy about how the witches wanted him to be king of the witches. Shocking. <laughs> I imagine like this, like, or I don't know, I can't really do a good Russian accent, but like a little like raspy, ashy voice of like, oh, shocking. <laughs> like, you know, shocking. <laughs> yeah, right. You're a great warrior. 
<laughs> and then he says, like, no wonder Perun favors you so. And there's a little talisman carved up there on the mantle of Perun. He's a lord of the storms and over the world. And then you see on the next page, Perun awesome, like riding on a horse with lightning crashing down around the house. Ooh. Perun is creating a storm so that the deathless can't find him yeah. so he can like hang out for the night. And then we see Perun later, like hanging by a like a little creek bed, like a river. Before we move to that moment, can we just go back to that? Because this is one of my favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. My favorite details. And I, I believe it's directly from like the folk or the stories of the Deathless. And yeah. I love I, I love the way this story offers information. I think it's paced so well that we get information gradually. And yeah. this is one of my favorites because it's like when we first hear about the Deathless, Kushje, it's like you don't get everything at once. And I love this yeah. part when he's like, he just gives him this a bunch of information. He's like, he's like, Kush, what's what's his what's his deal? And I love this. He's like, his soul is inside the egg. Inside an egg, inside a duck, inside a rabbit, inside a goat, and the Baba Yaga's hidden the goat so he cannot be killed. And then it's just like, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I think, too, like in this story, I think Mignola is so much more confident in his storytelling at this point because there aren't really any um, like narration boxes. It's mm -hmm. all dialogue. Like it's all told in a really natural way the story is told in a really natural way all this like um you know backstory of a character is told in a in a really natural way as opposed to like as opposed to like a you know it's not that it's like bad or lazy or whatever to use a narrator it's a device that's used all the time for a good reason because it gets a lot of information across but i think it's more creative and fulfilling to have this like dialogue get all of that information across while also being not clunky, like it feels natural. It feels like this little guy would be like, "Yes, the deathless his soul is in an egg," and like yeah, you know, yeah, we're yeah. talking, <laughs> like telling that in a cool way. So yeah, I think it's just the storytelling is really so solid here in this, uh, in 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 this story so far. So cool. Yeah, and the next panel. So like, it's a cool crash of lightning. We see a stick drawing out some lightning and some mud. And uh, Baba Yaga approaches Perun from behind. He's like using a stick. He's like a like it's a, such a funny juxtaposition between his like, I guess, like spiritual being his like controlling the storms and the visual that they give you of him galloping on a horse with like his spears in each hand stretched out with the like lightning all around him. He's like so imposing mm -hmm. and just powerful looking. To see him on the next panel of him writing in the mud with like sticks and mud all over his body and like in his hair and stuff. He and he's like sitting embedded almost in like the roots of this tree. Yeah. So it's a interesting thing to to be to just see this, I guess, the state of this God. Like he still has power, but he's like diminished in some way. He definitely doesn't look so powerful as he did in the, just one page ago. Yeah, I which is cool. I think it's great. And it just gives you more visually to telling you how this world is old. We've had hints that like this world, the the, the world of fairies and whatnot has diminished. Right. So it just yeah. adds without having to like tell you 
just visually gives you more about that of like, oh, this world is diminished yeah. and it's these gods have aged because they've been, yes, in a sense, yeah. forgotten. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, totally. It's cool. It's uh, It reminds me of American Gods. Did you read that? I haven't read it. It's on my to read because it's you've you've referred it and other people have as well it's pretty cool it's uh but it's like a similar kind of idea i think for a lot of it i mean i don't think that's spoiling anything it's no. gods is right in the title but it's a cool it's a similar kind of thought for for how like gods operate in a modern world love it it's neat yeah and then Baba Yaga's like, I warned you. And she has her like undead warriors shoot him with arrows in the heart. And then he's dead in the creek. Yeah. I love her. And that's a cool I love her last statement too. too right there. Yeah. I will not tolerate. I will tolerate no gods in my Russia other than me. It's like, gee. Woo. Yeah. Baba Yaga's making some power moves here. <laughs> She's killing other gods and. Yeah, uh, it makes you think like she's not just after her eye, right? Like she's not just after revenge. She's like going for something beyond that. If she's like killing, I mean, unless she wants revenge so bad on Hellboy just about her eye, like that she's willing to kill other Russian gods. It, I, I It makes you feel like, oh, she's maybe... Her her goal is not just the eye, but maybe to bring Ragnarok about. Like maybe she's she's yeah, going for maybe, that again yeah. or something. That's a good point. There's it, it at least leads you to think either her revenge. You're right. You already said this, but like it's as if either her revenge is so deep, or her want for it is that she's willing to yeah. she's willing to disrupt her entire world, or or is there an alternative motive behind it all? Yeah, because what I mean, I want to go back and read what she said to Rasputin when he was like, I I want to bring about the end of the world. And she was like almost consoling him and being like, you don't that's not really what you want in a way. Yeah. I, I have to go back and read it because I think that'll inform more like what her motivations are here. Yeah. But it feels like it goes beyond like I want to even up for my eye and that's the end of chapter three you see you kind of do see like baba yaga's ambition might be a little more than mm -hmm. uh than the revenge and then chapter four you see that uh, a kind of continuation of that like a minute later it tells you beyond the thrice nine lands in the thrice tenth kingdom which sounds fucking badass don't know what it means I'm sure it's <laughs> Russian folklore inspired, yeah. but it's cool as hell, uh, even though it's like, huh? What? <laughs> where? We're, we're elsewhere, basically. We're not in England, okay? We're on a different plane of existence. Yeah. <laughs> Perun, king of the world, is dead. A bird speaks and, it. <laughs> yeah, a bird, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like the, I mean, I think uh, Graugach said it earlier, like in chapter three, where it's like the children of the earth are less powerful. Like he kind of talks about that. So it kind of gives you this feeling of like nature and like all of these deities being very, very connected. Yeah. For like talking animals and stuff to be a part of it is, is a cool way yeah. to reveal that. And then somewhere in England, we see a cool like old church and then blood dripping out ominously, a carving of Jesus being taken off the cross. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. and the continuing drip of the blood over that is really cool. Yeah, and we see that Graugach and two other little gremlin-y guys have killed some priests and are walking down into the depths of the, like, 
uh, of underneath this church. Uh, we see a giant metal circular covering yeah. with like chains attached to it. Um, way, way down some some really fun like windy stairs. Yeah. Deep cavern. Very ancient looking. Yeah, like super ancient kind of uh, stone steps. And they're like, how are we going to, like the other gremlins are like, how are we going to open this? It's huge. And he's like, he clangs the metal with his uh, hammer and this giant guy appears. Uh, does he name him? I don't think we get a name off of him right here. No, but he's cool looking. He's like a, he's like a bigger version of these gremlin guys. Like he's. Clearly, like, he's got, like, you know, he's got, like, runes drawn or tattooed over his body. And he's he just has, like, this big beard. And he's got glowing blue eyes. He's, like, pretty big and imposing. But he's not, like, immediately aggressive. He's not, like, uh, in attack mode or something. Yeah. He's like, hey, you lot, take your mischief elsewhere. <laughs> this place wants quiet. You know, it's, like, very... He's kind of, like, subdued for how big and uh, <laughs> just fucking strong he looks. Yeah. This is the my other thing where the movie, I think, just missed an opportunity to play with this great, this great, like, location and this mm -hmm. difference. The difference is, is, like, the movie did a very, like, it felt like they were so trapped in trying to create a, a traditional movie plot and beat yeah. movie plot beats that they just like they missed this great this whole location like they made it all about yeah. like seeing the the priest get killed and get ripped apart which i've heard people and i have friends that say that's their favorite part of that that bad movie but then i'm like <laughs> i'm like it's very and we'll get more of this in the next chapters but the idea of uh of what will be later be known as the blood queen and uh, in who's down in this depths. It's just interesting that they're just in one location and we'll find out why they're in one location versus yeah. just like sort of like a gory imagery of bringing the body to back together. But this, yeah, I think they, you know, they, they wanted an action movie. And I think that what this needs is more of a horror, like a slow paced, weird, weird horror movie with like, all these fantastical elements like I think that it's such a cool it's such a cool feeling that this comic has that it just hasn't been totally captured yet I think like I think like Guillermo del Toro he gets very close with gold the golden army he gets close he gets close and he gets close I feel like he gets close with uh Pan's Labyrinth yes. Pan's Labyrinth to me feels the most like this like even more so than Hellboy yeah. because like I, it just has this like feeling of these things are everywhere around us in the world and it's just a matter of like paying attention to them yeah it's uh, it's such a cool like slow like all of these creatures are like cooperating with each other they're not like screaming at each other or like any of that they're like trying to get this thing done when Graugach sees this huge guy, he's like, I have a letter from the witches and it says to let her out. And he's like, OK, like it's it's like they're not arguing with each other or being like, what do you want? You imp like, you know, I feel like there's this like default of like little evil, <laughs> like, quote, evil creatures interacting with each other that it's all like eh, eh, eh. and like sometimes <laughs> 
like aggressive little like arguments and yeah. stuff. But sometimes, you know, they've lived for eons, right? Like they would they would just be talking to each other. Yeah, they have their own society that has its own sort of like uh, rules, rules and, and way you interact yeah. with each other. And I think that's a great thing to call out. And I think it adds a fantasy element that the, you know, that they sort of missed out on the new movie. But what I love about particularly this scene and this whole sequence with, with Graugok and this giant, um, there's a, there's this somberness to it all that is yeah. part of that horror element, but it's very somber. Like uh, I'll let you th- get back into it, but like I love when he reads the note one he puts on glasses that's just it's so a, I, I amazing I'm glad you brought that up because it's so good <laughs> like we don't see a frame but he just had but you're like oh god and that's just like a small thing of like if you have the technology to make a giant do that it's like and they do I mean we saw it in a sense in Lord of the Ring movies and stuff like that but the idea that this giant had to put on glasses is so amazing but then this letter which is essentially just saying whatever, release whatever's down here, makes him cry. And I think that's like a yeah. touch that we think that's a weakness or I, I think in an action movie, it's like you probably, it's very right. machismo and very like tears are probably something that like only come at a climax, you know what I mean? But this is just like whatever this guy's got to do has made him cry and it's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> he knows it's going to be even, yeah, dark days, I think. Like Grogok says like, it will be great days for us all dark days i think and but he opens it he's like this is my job is just to open this and do this it's almost like he reminds me of like mike mignola the this character he's <laughs> like i have to start ending this comic like i feel like he's you know as a creator of this thing he probably feels an obligation to finish this comic in a cool good way but then that'll mean that it's over wow it's a Eddie's feeling like he's mourning it a little bit, like mourning being young and working on this comic for his whole life. And, you know, uh, and just putting on the glasses, I'm like, this feels like almost almost like it's not like it's not like overtly meta, but it's it feels like that a little to me. I'm like, this feels like the creator saying that, oh, this is sad that I have to wrap this up. I have to end this. And it's kind of coming through in the characters a little bit. I love that comparison. Like they, he doesn't want to. I think he doesn't want to. Yeah, it's like, I mean, not that it's like his heart. It's not like some horrible burden equivalent to the end of the world. But for him as a creator of this of this world, it probably does feel like something there. He's like he feels an obligation to end it in a satisfying way for fans but then it's like, oh, well, this whole thing of my, this thing that's been my whole life will be over. And yeah. that's sad. It's sad. Definitely. Wow. I am. Kudos to that comparison because I'd never thought of it that way. And that's brilliant. Wow. That's what I mean. It just makes me think of it. Like he's not that he like totally resembles Mignola or anything like that either. But like, you know, he doesn't like. Just as close up. I don't know. That's what it made me think of. I was like, oh, this is, yeah, feels like commentary on that. Love it. And then, yeah, it's really cool. And it is a bummer. It's like you get the feel like with all of these characters coming back together, you get that feeling where it's like, oh, we're ramping up towards the end. Yeah. Um, the beginning of the, uh, the, the the classics phrase, the beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah, the beginning of the end for sure. And so he like the this like prison guard gatekeeper guy 
opens up this hatch and it's like ancient dust coming out of it. Crazy more spider webs hanging off of it. And they're like, is it bottomless? No, but it's deep. You want me to go down and get her? You've read the letter. She is what is needed now. And it's like ominous and yeah, it's creepy. Uh, I love it. <laughs> and then a perfect little transition. And us as the reader, we're like, who the fuck is down there? Yeah. Like we know it's a we know it's an ancient witch that the other witches betrayed. I mean, I know, you know, we know from watching the 2019 movie who's down there, which is such a bummer. Like I almost wish I just never watched that yeah, movie. Yeah, for like, sure. But it's totally fine. It's still really cool. Yeah. And you glean that information off of what they say, right? When yeah. uh, Yurgok showed up, they're like, you, "She." He calls it. I was like, "You know, what you did to her, and you need her now." Yeah, you guys. Yeah, you guys buried her in parts or whatever. Like he says something like that, and then you see like the blood dripping and stuff. Like there are, are and, and like Grogok's like, "Oh, she's gonna want like an ocean of blood." Or, <laughs> these are just little blips of blood. We're back at the house where Hellboy's holding up. I thought I, uh, I think that was a great transition too from that scene into a, a yeah. nearly black panel into the the black sky where Hellboy. Yes. Great transition. And then and two with like woven in with a first bit of dialogue overlapping it. Grogok's dialogue: "A queen who will set the world right." And then you see this dead king this dead king of the world mm -hmm. for a panel and his like storm clouds are like completely dissipated. So now Hellboy's kind of out in the open. The storm's passing. This is going to be bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so, such a great line and like little cool details. Like I like all these icicles and the garlic hanging up and stuff like yeah. that. Really great. I guess so. Bam! Like immediately on the next page smashing through the wall i love there's no wasted time <laughs> yeah i guess this is bad like oh the storm's gone he might be able to find you <laughs> <laughs> immediately cracks the door down uh geez koshai you know me good <laughs> stretch out your neck devil <laughs> <laughs> loving this koshai voice <laughs> i sound like uh i sound like a fucking um glow i sound like that glow character russian glow character. oh the that uh not like a real character. russian yeah. accent yeah we love it <laughs> baba yoga wants your head you know? <laughs> and then he's uh so yeah deathless is here he's trying to cut off hellboy's head the spirit guardian of this house is like no my house don't <laughs> my table uh, my chair adorable <laughs> my table my chair as he's like smash you know they're just punching each other having a nice fun brawl crochet is basically like yeah i've done a lot of bad things this will be my last one this is gonna be great i'm gonna die after this hellboy Grabs his sword with his right hand of doom. My turn. Stabs him. And then the spirit's like, I told you he can't die. <laughs> and like he starts getting choked out by the deathless as he's like still holding his sword in the middle of his body. Chops off his head. Koshi just picks up his head and Ooh. puts it back on his body. Hellboy's like, damn, Koshi the deathless. <laughs> and he turns around like, yeah, I have fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> you don't know who you're fucking with right now. That moment is so cool. <laughs> yeah, Hellboy's like starting to look concerned and Koshi's like, <laughs> you know, looking really evil. I love through this whole sequence, too, that our little uh, uh, Domi, Domio, Domioi. 
Um, I love that Domovoy. Domovoy, thank you, Jesus. I think Domovoy. So. I, think. I love that we've he's progressed. He's like as soon as the crash, he jumps. He's like, no, not my stuff. Then he hides. I love that he hides with the fire. And I love that we have these yeah. little squares showing him getting into the stove. <laughs> he grabs the talisman, too, of the king of the world. He's like, ah, like he has to protect it. Uh, yeah, you know? I love that. And then we see him in there. He's like, yeah, I just love that we've kept track of all three the entire time seamlessly. It's just a good Everything's paced yeah. so wonderful. You even see a little panel of him on the one page where there's all fighting. He doesn't even say anything. He's just like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> just gasping at the fight. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. And then just when you think like, oh, Hellboy's fucked, the door opens with this blinding light. And this little girl holding like a skull on a stick is like interrupts their fighting. Hellboy stabs Koshi down onto the floor and follows the girl out of the house. Thank you. We better go now. Better hurry. <laughs> like, you know. His voices. I'm um, loving them, Kate. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm getting real into it. And then the, the spirit, the house spirit is like, Koshi the Terrible beaten by a little girl pinned to the floor like a bug. Ha! <laughs> like slap, <laughs> cracking up laughing. Koshi like rips up the sword out of his body and then you were saying something. It wasn't me. It like it wasn't me. Hiding in the stove. Uh, uh, yeah, hiding completely the with the stove door closed. <laughs> like uh uh-uh. uh. Such a fun little character. Like it's almost like reminds me it's like Hans- Jim Henson esque. Yeah. Kind of a little like ah <laughs> fun like little guy. It's like uh, so what's his name? Crumb? Salacious Crumb a little bit. Yeah, salacious. <laughs> <laughs> Job of the Hut's like little yeah. crony. Yeah. Yeah, so good. So yeah, he gets up. Ashay gets up and goes out to his like really scary, cool horse. Yeah, that has like steam um, rising from his nostrils. Yeah, you can almost like hear the like, like the like big exhale Ooh. from this horse. And he takes his bow and arrow and just like kind of watches as Hellboy and the girl walk away. Uh, and she's talking to Hellboy. My name is Vis- uh, Vasilisa, which, you know, it's just more like cool Russian folklore. And I mean, she kind of talks about her own origin, but it's she's like related to the Baba Yaga in Russian folklore. She talks. It basically sounds like Cinderella. I thought the same thing. It felt like a Russian yeah. Cinderella. Definitely darker yeah. a little bit, but For not, sure, that, yeah, not that Cinderella like, isn't dark. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's like, yeah, she kind of explains her origin. She's like, yeah, my stepsisters were mean to me, even though I cleaned the house really well. And uh, my real mother left me this doll. And she said, as long as I fed it, it would help me with my chores. And it did. And they never had a reason to beat me as long as my chores were done. Um, Finally, she sent me to Baba Yaga's house to uh, borrow fire for our stove. You see like this cool... I wouldn't call it young version of Baba Yaga, but a pre-ancient version of Baba Yaga with like just like cool, very ornate, like Russian garb. She's got like pointy ears, gives her sort of this look of being beyond human a little bit, like fantastical and cool. Meanwhile, Koshi is pulling back on this arrow as the as a. Uh, Vasilisa is still explaining the story like I was pretty good so Baba Yaga just let me go Uh, she gave me this skull to like what to guide her I forget what she says she says take this oh for the fire to fire for her furnace and when I got home I burned up the woman and her daughters yikes (laughs) 
it's all right. <laughs> I get the I get the impression that this is like a very like soft spoke like it's all right. It's all right kind of yes. like character. <laughs> and now look at this. I can use her gift to show you how to get away from her. Isn't that funny? Like I get almost like this like Bjorky sort of like, very Bjorky. That's funny. Like is this like cute little spirit is what I mean to say. Not not so much like that she's from Iceland. Or yeah something. yeah yeah yeah. Is Burke from Iceland or Greenland? I forget. Well, Iceland, uh, Greenland's just ice. It's the reverse, right? Right, right. So I think she's from Iceland. I, I don't know. I forget. Somebody correct us. <laughs> that sounds fine. <laughs> uh, Hellboy's like, that is pretty funny. Like, he's kind of like, he's like, great, I get to leave. Let's go. She shows Hellboy a door how to get out of this uh, realm. Meanwhile, Koshi let, lets his arrow loose and it stabs through the little girl. And he's like, oh, he's like trying to save her, basically. Like, come on, kid. It's all right. It doesn't hurt, but it does hurt you, Hellboy. Oh, tell me it does. Like Baba Yaga watching and like loving it, being like, yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> um, real, Were you going to say yeah, something? Yeah, real quick. Yeah, I yeah. want to just talk about how I think these two pages right before Valencia gets hit with the arrow I think that the way that they these panels flow really build into the surprise of it. Even if you're like, it makes you, f I love it. Because the first panel is, and it's all an angle up. It's almost as if your eye is stuck looking at the exit with Hellboy. Because yeah. the arrow where uh, the Deathless is, is pulling is up towards that. It's yeah. up. Then you you. The, the the fourth panel is her beam of light shooting up towards darkness. Then yeah. the next panel is it's still at that same angle up at the exit being revealed. Yeah. And then when he releases his arrow, it's still in that angle. And it's very cool that I think it leads your brain to, to be surprised by when the arrow actually hits. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I yeah, you're love so that. Right. It's yeah. and even returning to it. And it's like, I know she gets hit. It still has that flow. She's pointing like the little yes. girls like Vasilisa is pointing up. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right. The eye is so drawn to this square that, yeah, even as you read, it's like, how do you how do you hide something on a page on one page yeah. that you're looking at? It's one thing to do it like after you flip the page. That's cool enough. This is like, yeah, that's a to you're totally right. You totally nailed that. I, I, I nailed it only because I'm admiring what they've done. It's amazing. <laughs> like to do that, to keep me surprised like that. Wow. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. And you know, like there's tension. There's that tension too of like literal tension of having a bow pulled back and waiting and like the bow creaking and hearing some more of the story and he's just like you just know that Koshi's just like aiming mm -hmm. and waiting and waiting until they're just in the right spot it's yeah it's fucking great yeah and Clem Robbins used like his lettering and then, then that thunk Oof. yeah <laughs> the choice to use thunk you feel it you feel it yeah Woof. and then this all red arrow as it like has gone through her yeah 
And so, and then he starts hitting Hellboy with arrows, and now he's just fully galloping towards Hellboy, unleashing arrows. And you hear Baba Yaga's voice over, I want it to hurt. I want you to suffer. You owe me that. And like Hellboy is kind of like cradling Vasilisa in his arms. And like before she dies, like her dying breath is like, I had my doll with me all the days of my life. And when I was old and gray and dying in my bed, she came to me and gave me these these two presents. Now I give them to you in like this little wrapped up piece of cloth. And you see just like a comb. Yeah. I don't know if the cloth itself is a, is another one. I only see the comb. I think it might be the cloth and the comb. It's what I'm thinking. Okay. I, well, we'll cool. find out, I bet, for sure. But Yeah, because you don't really see a second object other than unless the cloth itself is the second object. And she's like, yeah, now I give them to you. And then she dies and her body turns into the doll with the arrow completely through it. Hellboy's like, son of a bitch as like uh koshi approaches and the last panel is just uh baba yaga now hellboy i have payment for my eye <laughs> and, so you're like is hellboy gonna get out of there <laughs> it's so we'll find out next month or <laughs> whenever that very came soon out. if it's you and me yeah i love it it's um yeah it's so cool and it's it's very interesting that like that the movie itself felt that it needed to be like, we have to have Hellboy get in a room with Baba Yaga, right? And it's almost like that scene sort of broke the tension between them. Whereas I, it's interesting yeah. that they never see each other and there's so much more depth and tension between Baba Yaga and Hellboy and they're not even even close to each other. Just her act yeah. of doing all these other things and sending this other person after him, I'm more like, good, I'm more terrified of Baba Yaga. <laughs> yeah, you get the sense that she's more dangerous far away. Like her influence over other entities and beings in this plane seems more dangerous than if she were to face Hellboy face to face, like he would just whatever, do what he did in the movie and be like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's no tension there between like an old woman and a huge warrior. Yeah. But if she is like putting all of these other like machinations into place and making like, making sure that Hellboy's screwed at every turn. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. It's just more interesting. I agree. I mean, that's what's making it. And it makes us go, what's next? How like, wow, what's what's going to happen? Ooh. Do you have like favorite panels or? I, I think I have one particularly uh, from, I'm going to choose one from each chapter. From the last chapter we just did, chapter four, on the panel right after he cuts the Deathless's head, that whole sequence, leading up to that sequence of him picking up his head, rep, the panel before he turns yeah. back, I think this Hellboy for Grado's Hellboy with Dave Stewart's colors of his eyes here when he says damn yeah. and he says Kostya the deathless I think this Hellboy and his the concern in his face is beautiful it's so yeah. subtle there's so much emotion conveyed in that one panel that I it just stood out to me multiple and our me rereading it and us going through it right now on mic I was just like that panel is everything <laughs> that I love. Yeah, it's like a vulnerable shot. Like you, a lot of times you see Hellboy and his eyes are like completely enclosed in black. Like his brow is so, it protrudes so much and it's so heavy that like it covers his eyes. So, I, I mean, it's to be able to create this like cool silhouette of his eyes sticking out. Like 
as though through a mask or something like that, like all black around his eyes with these cool yellow um, glowing eyes through it. But like for this one, yeah, he's lit from below and he's seen from below and he's but he seems like he's like leaning back almost like his his posture is is pretty vulnerable. And that's what he's feeling. Yeah, it's. Wow. Um, and then in chapter three, I've already talked about the hooves, and that's my one of my absolute favorites when he kicks that guy. I think my other yeah. one is really what we talked about is just the humor in a silent panel and the use of a silent panel where Hail Boys, we talked about this briefly too going through it, but it was like when he's like, oh yeah, you want to come out here and try to collect on that? <laughs> it just cuts to the Domovoy just silently crunched down and they're like, not doing anything it's just yeah <laughs> the use of silence is just so i love funny. that yeah it's just uh, underrated silence when used well is underrated <laughs> it makes me think too like i think when looking at folklore there's and like any like ancient stories and stuff like that from like way way back i think that there's like a level of seriousness and like grimness to everything so it's interesting to have them be funny it's interesting to have them be and not in a way that's like funny like they're farting or they're whatever they're doing some goofy <laughs> shit i mean maybe they're farting i don't know sometimes these creatures are gross. yeah i think but i think like, the steam that's coming out of of the deathless and the horse is all farts <laughs> it's all pure farts but you know what i mean it's, it's not like it's not like um it's not like stupid. It's like they're acting exactly. It's like, oh, that is so this character. And you get that impression right away. Like this character, the like the Domovoy talks a lot. And then when he's challenged, he's like, um, uh-uh. <laughs> like, that's fun. And he does it in chapter three and four, yeah. where he, as soon as like the characters that are like, what did you say? He's like. I didn't say anything <laughs> like that's a funny that's a funny thing that you recognize in your life today, but that you also think like that must have been present back when these stories were written or told or whatever. So that's cool. The same with like um, the forest guardian who's like the uh, Le Le Leshy mm -hmm. where he's like, I I you're boring me already. <laughs> like it's not like it's not uncharacter. It's so characteristic of that. It's so like perfect for that character that that's why it's funny. It's like, of course you would say that you don't get, you're a, a God and Hellboy doesn't matter to you on this plane. You know, it doesn't matter to you. Yeah. So it's just that, that bit of really like top of intelligence sort of humor. I think is great. Yeah. I'm with you. And I mean, that, that's half the stuff I love too, is that they, they're keeping Hellboys, the humor that I love about Hellboy, they're keeping it alive, even though, even though we're entering a whole other realm, it, we're keeping it alive. And it's, it's fun to see them keep all of that and the dialogue and everything. Did you have any favorite panels and whatnot? It's hard to pick, man. They're all really God, cool. I know. Like, <laughs> like I, you mean, yeah. God, you could go to every panel. I just flipped to the one where uh, Valesia gives her gifts, and it's just like that silent panel of the right hand of doom and her tiny dying hand. It's just, like, gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. I like um, I like Grauguck and the two other little gremlin-y guys looking up at the like gatekeeper or whatever the guy who like guards when he first is revealed that panel yeah i think that's a really cool panel because you get a lot of cool stuff in there there's like the smoke from their lanterns that's kind of rising up and framing this giant guy you get like a cool 
just like a cool drawing of Graugak. Like, I think that his character looks really cool the way that Fagredo draws him. And yeah, this whole sequence is like really touching and fun. Yeah. And yeah, anytime that the Dumbledore is talking, I think I like. Because <laughs> he's so funny and cute. My table! My chair! <laughs> My chair! <laughs> Pinned to the floor like a bug! <laughs> he's such a fun so character. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I love it. Yeah, and then it just, you know, like, Koshi looks fucking badass and scary. He's like all in black with spikes. He's looking like a... Russian folktale Lobo. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to describe him. You know, <laughs> he's cool. Yeah, I just, this is great. Speaking of the Deathless, one of my favorite of his is another silent panel. I gravitate towards silent panels so much. Yeah. When he goes out to the horse and grabs his bow, that silent panel of him, just his face, and it's the panel even cuts off some of his face. And his green right. eyes just watching them. His it's Yeah, just concentrating. And I think it's interesting that his green eyes match the green of Valicia's story. And yeah. I think that's an interesting choice to have those eyes. Like his he has that almost shows you how ancient he is within that. Totally. In, I think I think you're totally it's right. It's great. So good. I mean, yeah. we could walk through every panel and be like, this is what's great about this. Truly. And here's why this is the best panel. <laughs> when for every Hellboy's getting with all those fucking arrows and the blood coming out of his mouth and his like grimacing through that is just wow. Yeah. Whew, some deep shit. Love it. I just got to say to the listeners, we want to hear from you. Want to hear your thoughts yeah. on these two chapters of Darkness Calls. Um, you can do that by reaching out to us by email. That's crap at hellboypodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and all your thoughts on anything we discussed in this ish, uh, this episode or any future episodes. Um, before we get to our closing out information, though, I had some suggestions pop up. Do you have any suggestions Great. that were inspired by today's read that you want to suggest? Or, uh, what are yours? Um, two of them popped up. One, <laughs> have you ever heard of uh, you've probably heard of Ralph Baschke or whatever his name is, um, the animator, um, Ralph Baschke. Uh, yeah. Bash- yeah, he did like the Lord of the Rings yes. animated stuff, right? And like Fire and Ice. Yeah, and Fritz the Cat, which That's is him, right? pornographic cartoon about a cat that just yeah. wants to fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. He, he has some weird over-sexualized stuff in all of his work, I think. Totally, Um, yeah. Lord of the Rings is one I would highly suggest. I think that's great. But one of my absolute favorites, it's weird as hell. Um, I'm uh, when I suggest it to people to watch, I'm always hesitant because I'm like, I don't know if you're gonna like this. My brother introduced it to me years ago, and I've owned it and I love it. It's called Wizards. It's it's just as we were reading this, all the folklore and the and all the magic and fantasy, um reminded me of his wizards the movie and it's very it's a weird story that involves like elves and then a a, a evil wizard pulling out archives of nazis and using that to scare elves and it's uh, it's great I'm a, I'm a i'm a huge fan of wizards i highly suggest checking it out um i don't know where you would find it online right now i just have an old dvd of it i love it that's all and then my other one is it's so funny the last panel where uh hellboy says son of a bitch (laughs) yeah it immediately reminded me of uh, the movie big trouble in little china (laughs) oh yeah and one of my favorite lines that me and my friends would quote all the time when i lived in utah is when uh kirk douglas like I'm, i'm trying to remember if it's in the 
parking structure scene. I think it's in the parking structure scene after the girl, uh, the two women get kidnapped when Kurt Russell goes, son of a bitch must pay. (laughs) It's a great line. I love it. I think Kurt Russell's just doing a John Wayne impression almost in the entire movie because the movie's like a modern Western in a sense. He does that. (laughs) He does like a similar thing in like Escape from New York. I watched I rewatched Escape from New York and the thing recently. Great. And yeah, he's yeah, he's always like a grow. I I fucking love him, dude. He's so good. He is. Uh, I'm a fan of. He's just so funny. He like brings so much to an otherwise otherwise kind of flat written characters. I think like there's like you know I don't know. I'm with you on that. He he he's just fucking has he's a charismatic dude yeah there's a reason john carpenter was like i gotta keep using him (laughs) yeah totally um but yeah that those are my thoughts and suggestions via this read anything for you that sounds cool i wish i had like russian related horror or something like i i don't know i know i don't (laughs) just keep keep playing last of us until great i love it i don't know one day I'll play it and I'll be it. wowed like everybody else. It's so good, dude. <laughs> I, I wish, I mean, you should just watch a walkthrough on YouTube or something. I should, because, I mean. Then you can just skip or, so, like, I don't know. They'll bring it out on, like, a, a weird DVD, just the movie elements of it. <laughs> Honestly, they could. They could, like, truly. It's, like, really fucking good. I mean, there the gameplay is really incorporated into the story really well though so you would be missing out on some stuff if you didn't play but i don't know man i don't know either damn it's blowing me away okay that's all (laughs) one day day. i love that i think that's a great suggestion um and that's what's on your mind so that's awesome the suggestions don't always have to be directly to related just what we want (laughs) to share with the listeners just uh beating up undead guys makes me think of there you go there you go there's always a connection it's always related (laughs) uh but great you can follow us on uh, outside of the um, listening to the weekly episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at AwCrapHellboy, Instagram, AwCrapHellboyPodcast, uh, as well as if you could please, if you have the option on whatever you listen, um, give us a, a review and a rating. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you give us a five-star review um, and that review starts with the word boom. We will read your review right here on the show and give you praise for that review. Whatever you write in there, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll read it right here on the show. <laughs> we call that yeah. boom reviews. Um, so please do that. That will help us bring other um, listeners to the show. Um, so thank you all out there for listening. This is the end of this episode. We'll be back next episode to continue to finish off Darkness Calls. But before then, always remember... We love you. But <laughs> that movie, you'll you'll understand this. Maybe I'll cut this out, but you'll understand this. <laughs> uh, I really, I at one point, I was like, I should write an article about, because I think Lethal Weapon is a great example of like a perfect herald. Um, for improv because the first yeah. one has like it's a great first beat establishing those characters. Second one is sort of like pretty. It's like a time a perfect little like time dash of the same characters. They just heighten the games a bit. Then in the third one, the third beat's like a perfect third beat because 
the games of the characters they stay the same, but then there's like a there's like a reversal where like yeah. Danny Glover becomes the sort of like suicidal cop for a bit because he kills a, a teenager, and I'm like, this is a perfect fucking Harold, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah, <laughs> and then but then I the fourth one is as if it's um I consider the fourth movie. It's as if the coach forgot to call call uh call a blackout. And it keeps going past. It just keeps. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, it just deteriorates. It's like in its 28th minute, and it's like, oh, this could have been cut. Yeah, <laughs> we're the only two probably listening or yeah, that know like, what the shut fuck the we're fuck up. Improv's never gonna exist again. Just yeah, chill out. Improv's done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unless you're doing online shows, it's done. Yeah. Hey, this is Betsy Stover. And I'm Amanda Allen. And we do a podcast called Why Mommy Drinks. Each episode, we have a guest and we all share a story of a time that our kids drove us to drink. Parenting isn't easy, but it sure can be funny. Listen to us on Campfire Media. Why Mommy Drinks. Campfire. <laughs> 